Welcome back to Pastor Plex Podcast. So glad that all of you are joining us for a special discipleship podcast on being a servant. And with me in studio today, I have none other uh, than Melanie McLemore, my trusty assistant. How are you doing, Melanie? I'm doing great. Good morning. Yeah. You know, the thing you may not know about Melanie is that she might be my assistant, but she pretty much runs half the church. And we are so grateful for all of that. And across from her is the one and only Nicole Troop, who runs the other half of the church. And super grateful for you, Nicole. Thanks for being here. And then also in studio, we have the pleasure and the pr- privilege of introducing uh, Grace and DeZalo, who is a officer and a pastor. It's quite a unique opportunity. So thank you for serving our city and our God. Chris, it's great to be here. <laughs> no, there's no other place I'd rather be than right here on this podcast. I appreciate that. And then if you didn't know this, we always have Cody Sparks hanging out in the production room. Cody, can you say hey to everybody out there? Yeah, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're talking about being a servant and what it means to have an identity as a Christian, as a servant. And usually when you talk about servanthood, uh, people aren't usually signing up for that. And you may not know this. If you ever heard the term deacon in church world, that's the Greek word for servant. It, and it's an office of servant, but it still means servant uh, in the most servant of terms. So let's just let's just talk about this. Grayson, when you hear the word servant or just in your church experience, uh, what do you think about in terms of servanthood and, and having an identity as a servant? Uh, when I think about it, I, I mean, I think that's essentially what Christianity is and what Jesus did. Right. Uh, I think servant leadership is a huge thing. It's what we should all strive to do as Christians, uh, moving forward, giving of ourselves and just, um, kind of, kind of giving more and more of ourselves because that's what Jesus did for us. Right. And, and I think one of the things that Jesus emulates, let's go think big picture, John 13, Jesus, show, he, he uh, washes his disciples' feet in a very intimate way of service, which is sort of fascinating. Uh, and so, Nicole, when you think of, you know, the intimacy that Jesus brought to servanthood, what is that sort of the idea of like John 13, Jesus washing the disciples' feet and in fact saying, if I, if I can't wash your feet, you can have no part of me. What, give me some of the thoughts that come to your mind about that. Um, that's a really great question. Um, I think one of the like biggest things that changed for me kind of going into like servant leadership is that like one of my college pastors taught that like, if you're, if you're a leader, um, you're not like, you're not like lording it over everyone. You're actually like leadership is a position of service to the people that you're leading right you know and i think jesus in like in that specific scenario uh exemplifies that for us it's a much more humble stance than i think the world uh like the world doesn't like take leadership with the stance of humility the way that jesus does right and i think there's a real tendency to feel like well leadership is a positional like i've earned this and so therefore you people better do what you're told and jesus really flips that there's there's a couple places yeah. mark 10 and then matthew 20 it's the same story uh uh told from different vantage points but matthew 20 uh when, when the, the disciples, James and John, are sort of like jockeying for position and saying like, hey, when Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, uh, J- 
James, since he's older, he could be number two. And John, since he's younger, he could be number three in your kingdom. And everybody else has to be submissive to me. In fact, I will not be content until these 10 other guys are working for me. And that's essentially what they're saying, which is what the reason why the 10 disciples got indignant or angry and they were just fired up about it. And so what Jesus, he calls them together and he says, Hey, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. And I love this. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Melanie, when you hear that, uh, talk to me about just sort of like the, the vantage point uh, of a perspective of someone that um, is a person that's in ministry, what that means to you specifically. Um, I mean, I think like when I show up on Sunday morning, it's not, I mean, obviously I work here, so it's like, of course I'm here to serve, but, um, even before I worked here, it's, I'm here to serve coffee here at 7.30 AM every week to make coffee. I don't do that anymore. That's all Clarissa now. Um, but I'm here because I want to serve the people that are here and like need need help, need right. in, somebody to love them. In so, fact, you guys yeah. weren't always on staff with us, uh, yeah. uh, Nic- uh, Nicole and Melanie. You guys were serving here long before you were getting paid to be here. Like in a sense, like yeah. now you're paid to be here. So there's like sort of expectation and all that. But but talk to me about what it was like to be a servant where you're, you're not getting paid. You're just sort of obeying authority. And then you're saying, okay, I'm called to serve and I'm going to do that. What, what sort of sprung up in your heart uh, to say, like, I'm ready to be a part of that. So when I started coming here, um, and I like made the commitment, it took me about a month to like commit to like, okay, this is my, this is my new church home. Mm-hmm. It felt weird to only be here for one service. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think it's just because like in, in my walk as a Christian, like even in high school, when I became a Christian, uh, I was in a youth group and like, I just, you know, the youth served in children's ministry. Yeah. And so I started serving there originally. And, and like ever since then, like you go to church and you serve at church. Like that's just what you do. Um, it's just been ingrained in my Christian life ever since I became a Christian. So it's, it's kind of like, I don't know if this is a great way to say this, but like serving is a natural byproduct of my faith, Yeah, I guess. Um and so, yeah, when I started coming, I was like, this feels weird, like just showing up and leaving. Like, right, I right, want right. to be here longer. Oh, interesting. And I like that. It's, it's not, and there's two pieces of it. You don't serve to be saved. You serve because you are saved. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, it, it's a part of like, this is the way of who Jesus is. Now, um, a couple of years ago, Grace, you know, Grace and I have been on staff here for 10, over 10 years, both of us. And uh, at one point we would go visit another church to, to listen to their staff meeting. And uh, after Easter, like, you know, it was like a mega church. And after this oh, yeah. church put on like that, I mean, you know, putting on any Easter service, everyone's wore out. The staff was wore out. And so it was a Tuesday morning meeting and, you know, they'd taken Monday off and they're, you know, kind of re- regrouping after Easter. And uh, the executive pastor <clears throat> was encouraging everybody. Hey, you guys did a great job. This was such an incredible week. We had so many people come to faith in Christ. It was just, you know, so many people were connected. This was wonderful. And then he goes to the senior pastor. He's like, Hey, senior pastor, do you have anything you want to say to encourage the team? And the senior, do <laughs> you remember this? I do. Yeah, and the good. senior pastor goes, you did your job. 
That was it. And then he sits down. Everyone's like, it's crickets. <laughs> it's like you're like the awkward kid in the room and you're like, what is going on? And what he was referring to was uh, Luke 17. And, I, and again, you know, in pastor world, pastors know the Bible, I think probably well enough to know about obscure passages. Uh, but most of the people there was not getting the reference. Uh, I probably would not have been. Right. And so let me read that. you the reference. This, this will blow your mind. Luke 17, uh, I think starts verse uh, seven. Seven, Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at table. Will he not redder say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink. And afterward you'll eat and drink. Does he not thank, does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say we are unworthy servants. We've only done what was our duty. In other words, you did your job. And I, and I think there's a tendency and I, and I, 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 although I wouldn't, <laughs> probably only Jesus can get away with saying you did your job. Uh, but I do think there is a tendency in us to sort of over glorify uh, servanthood. And, and I, what I mean by that is like, why isn't anybody think, don't, doesn't everyone recognize what I've been doing around here? And then the big question is, who were you doing it? Four. Yeah. And so in leadership, I, you know, again, I don't know if it was a good move as a senior pastor to kind of tell your staff of over 150 people, you know, that just killed themselves. I'm not going to say anything positive. You did your job. But, but I do think we need to recognize that ministry, whether you're paid or not paid, is a privilege. Uh, Grayson, do you want to speak into like ministry being a privilege? Yeah, it's a it's a get to, not a have to, right? We we get to serve, we get to uh, emulate Jesus, we get to have a relationship with with Christ um, and God through Jesus, and so you, it's like this. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to show people uh, Jesus through your actions and uh, not even just your words. I think when you when you can serve uh, and and not go and tell everybody about it, I think our, our tendency is to is to serve and then. Uh, casually try to tell everybody what we just did. Uh, hey, I know, pray for me. I have a million things yeah, for the church I'm doing. Absolutely. Like, hey, it's really hard. I've just been serving at the church so much. Or, hey, I just did this. It, we, we tend, I think, as humans, just want to get the recognition that you're saying. And yeah. so I think when you can serve and you can you can kind of do it quietly and humbly um, and not, not get recognition for it, mm-hmm. all, all the more power to you. And I think God even, uh, I know in my life, just blesses when you, when you do that, when right. you serve uh, unselfishly. So let's talk about some barriers because I feel yeah. like this is the part where people struggle. And um, what would you say are some of the barriers to people serving? Uh, sorry. I, no, I think, uh, so for me, uh, this is a big one, right? I'm a prideful person. Yeah. I think pride <laughs> is a huge one. Oh, good. Uh, okay. so, so pride, I think, would be uh, one of the top ones for me is just, you know, am I, am I too good to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is, fill in the blank. Uh, a couple years ago, I guess I won't say who asked me to do this, but uh, a guy, uh, we were in here on Sunday morning, okay, and uh, a guy came out of the bathroom, and I'm typically in the back, you know, kind of observing and kind of walking around all the time, and uh, he comes he comes straight over to me. I'm like, okay, he needs something, obviously. He's like, hey, uh, you know, I just went to the bathroom. The bathroom's clogged. <laughs> and so I looked at him, and I'm like, think to myself, I'm like, cool, man. Unclog it. You know, I'm like, what, what do you want me to do? Right. Right. I, I'm the executive pastor of the church. Right. Why are you talking to me? Uh, and, and I was like, oh, I'm over facilities. Okay, okay. I didn't say that. I didn't say go unclog the toilet. I go, oh, no problem. I'll take care of that. So I went in the bathroom. You know, I saw the business there. 
You know, and you know, this is me trying to get recognition for my servant yeah. stuff because yeah. I don't think anybody really knows about this. <laughs> so now everybody does. Yes, I've, I've accomplished it. Uh, but no, I go in there, you know, unclog the stuff, and you know, went on my way. But in my mind, I struggled with it. Right. Like I, in my mind, after I did it, I came out and it wasn't like ah, I just, I just unclogged somebody else's toilet. That was so awesome, awesome of me. And uh, you know, I'm just gonna no. I was, I was actually frustrated by it. Yeah. Like ah, oh, man, this is not why I got into. Uh, the church world, being a pastor, unclogging toilets uh, and just different things like that. This is what I have surmounted to, you know, in my life. In my right. Life. I, I, but, think, I think that's such a huge point, Gray. I, I, what, I, what I love that you brought up is just this reality. It's like, don't we have people for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm the people. Right? I, yeah. I think yeah. that there's a, there's a, because we live in a culture of, of customer service, right? And so I feel like we want to, you know, hire that out, pay that out. And so we wouldn't want to ask anyone to do anything that they wouldn't be paid for. And I think what you forget sometimes is that the the privilege of doing ministry is just a privilege. And I think sometimes we're, again, first world problems. Uh, don't you understand what I'm valued? Uh, and I think when you start talking like that, you're no longer working for the king of kings, you're working for you. Um, one of my favorite stories, uh, it's a parable that Elizabeth Elliot made up and, uh, uh, and it's, you know, it's a made up story, but she, she goes, you know, Jesus one day was hanging out with the disciples and Jesus goes, you know, he kind of says something cryptic and profound. He goes, Hey, I want you to carry a stone for me. And all the disciples are like, all right. So, uh, they all pick up stones and Peter, like, he's like, um, I know how this works. He, He picks up the hugest stone he can. He, puts it on his shoulder and he's like, ah! and then and he's like, all right, follow me. And so Peter's like, mm-hmm. and he follows Jesus uh, to the next town. And then uh, Jesus goes, okay, <clears throat> I want you guys to take your stones and throw them in the water. And then uh, all the guys, you know, they chuck their stones in the water and, and Peter goes, Brr! and he throws the stone into the water. And then he's like, okay, what, what's the big reward? And then Jesus looks at everybody. He's like, I want you to carry a stone for me. And Peter's like, no, okay. And he's like picking this up. And so he picks up like a teeny pebble. Like he's like, I'm not falling for that one again. <laughs> and so he picks up a teeny pebble and they head to the next town and everyone's starving by this point. And then uh, Jesus says, all right, everyone take out your stones. And then he, he takes them out. He's like, there's your lunch. He turns them all to bread. And then Peter's like, oh, Jesus, what about the other stone? And then Jesus looks at him and says, who are you carrying the stone for? And I think that's how a lot of us are. We are willing to carry the heavy stone if we can see the reward. And then, and so what happens for a lot of us is that Jesus calls us to carry the stone, unclog the toilet, uh, you know, clean up some trash, um, serve in children's ministry, you know, whatever the thing is, right? Whatever the thing is. And, and I think at the end of that, we're looking for someone to say, woo, and I'm not saying that praise is bad. We, we all need encouragement. Now, that's actually a, a an emotional need that, that the church is meant to give is to encourage one another. But when the whole basis of your life revolves around a codependency upon that encouragement, I'm not going to serve unless I get encouraged or I'm going to quit or I'm going to get burnt out if I don't have another person telling me, then who are you doing the servanthood stuff for? Is it for Jesus or is it for 
you. And um, so I love the way you brought that up, pride being a, one. There's a there's a phrase in law enforcement that I learned in the academy. It's and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it's called it's called ego is not your amigo. And so uh, you <laughs> I know, like that. I wish I would have known that, you know, before. <laughs> ego we need to we need to adopt that. Melanie, write that down. But ego, ego is not, is not your amigo. amigo. There you go. I like that. Okay, so let's talk about so pride is one of the barriers. What else is not a, a barrier? Or what else is a barrier? Is a barrier. Yeah. Um, I think people view it as a burden to be here for two services sometimes. Okay. A burden. All like right. The amount of, the amount of time that that would take. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know? they've got a lot of napping and, and lunch to do. Or or they have parenting to do. Or they have things to do. Football to watch. Football to watch. There's a lot of stuff There's going on. on at 9 a.m. There are. Europe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, how do you... How do you convince somebody, Melanie, that that the burden is worth it? And it, and maybe this first, should you convince somebody? And then two, if you were, what would you say? I mean, there's obviously the, you get eternal reward in heaven. Um, when I started serving, it was not out of that. It was, I just moved to Austin. I need friends. And that's yeah. the way to find them. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, most bonding happens in suffering. So, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> in, in that suffering. And we make it like, well. you know, like serving <laughs> at church is like major suffering. But no, it's actually, like it can be a lot of fun. And that's where, like, if you're serving and you're gifting, it probably is a lot of fun. Um, like, serving for me, hospitality was like a ton of fun because I got to just like hand people coffee. And that's like my love language is giving people like food and drink. So, hospitality, does yeah. that fall under the connections ministry? Oh, it does fall yeah. under yeah. the connections yeah. ministry they really led by Pastor Jason DeZalo. You know, yes. that's <laughs> shameless plug. You, you know, listen, I mean, if you're awesome at your Contact ministry, me if you want to get involved. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, okay. So, connections really, really did it for you. How did you first uh, start, get plugged in, start serving here in Nicole? It was children's ministry. Okay. So, talk to me about how, why children? Um, I don't know. Was it like a couple, like, if whoever gives a cup of cold water, one of these little ones will not lose his reward? I, I wish I could say that that was it. Um, I Like I said, when I was a youth, I and like when I first came to Christ in high school, I served in children's ministry. So it's hmm. just kind of been like the theme of my serving, like since I became a Christian. Um, and I, when I started going here, I like one of the first Sundays was like Adrian on stage, like saying how much you needed help in children's ministry. And so I was just like, okay, well, that's a great place to start then. Uh, it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. Why was it terrifying? Um, because children are scary. Like, and not in the sense that like- well, And you're a person that's single. You don't have children. And so- Yeah, uh, well, and it's not even like, it's not even like that the children themselves, I can handle like kids not behaving well. Like I've done that before. It's the, it's the impact that you have on them. Like oh, that mean? is what freaks me out. Cause like you're, you're teaching these kids. You're an example of Christ to these kids and you have a really big impact on your life. Mm -hmm. Like probably a lot bigger than you realize. Right. Because they're just like soaking everything up. Yeah, they're going to determine, will they go to church as an adult because I, I loved it as because a kid. Because of their children's ministry experience. Yeah, yeah crazy. it's so true. And I felt that, I mean, I still feel that on a really deep level. Um, I, I mean, I serve toddlers and they're two-year-olds and you think like, oh, they don't, they don't know what's going on. No, they do. Yeah, and if you're they angry about the way do. the culture is going, then invest in the next generation in children's ministry oh, because sure. it, it'll be transformative because at least they'll have a positive image of the church Im imprinted onto their souls. All right, well, Grace, what about when people say, I'm too busy to serve? Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about like time. Yeah. Uh, so so you could say, I, so first of all, everybody has has 
a lot of stuff going on in their life. They right. have kids. Like, I know we have four kids, and <laughs> I have, like, two jobs, and my wife's working. And there's always something you, else you could be doing right. uh, whenever you're doing something else. Um, but I think, I think the, the concept of what you do with your time is really important. Uh, if, you, if you were to kind of break down your time, uh, I think the first thing that we say is, oh, we don't have time to do this. But if you actually, like, like look at your time and budget your time, mm. uh, you'll find time. Right, you'll find like, hey, I, I do this for an hour, I do this for an hour, and there's just time wasted throughout the day. Uh, and so I don't I actually don't. I think for the most part, even for my situation, I don't. I don't think time is is the issue, right? I think it's it's where, where your priorities, what your values, and you're gonna you're gonna do the things that you want to do. Right. Uh, it's you really have to ask the question: Do I do I value servanthood? Do I value being a servant? Do I value serving at the church? Do I value those things? Because if you do, it's it's going to bring you joy and you're going to, you're going to like it. You're going to do it because it's something. That yeah. Let's, do. let's talk about things in, in general that people make time for that. Aren't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say thumbs down on like hobbies or fun things. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but you make time for stuff you want to do. I, I make time to go work out. Like I, you know, I, I care about being healthy and, and those kind of things. And I have to figure out, you know, for me that I have to leave at five 30 in the morning to go work out and, and get it done back in the house to help the, Adrian with, get kids out the door at six 30. So that is something that I've had to be intentional about and sacrifice something, AKA sleep. Uh, so what else, what else are things that people like enjoy that they make time for? Or what about um, cooking? Don't you bake things? I do bake things. <laughs> Not as much anymore. Uh, I spend all my time <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's good. But, but, but okay. No, this is a good point though, yeah. because you, you did, was there ever a time that you just baked just for you? No, the problem with baking is they just make, it makes so much stuff. And if you eat an entire cake by yourself, that's just really not a good idea. <laughs> and Okay, uh, fair enough. But I mean, like, but when you give it to somebody else, yes. that's something for you, right? Yes. Yeah, I actually, I went through like a whole like existential crisis about this a couple of years ago where I would like bring cookies to everything. And I was like, am I doing this because I want people to tell me how good I am? Or am I doing this because I actually like want to give people cookies because I love them? Um <laughs> And I never really landed on a good answer for that. That's but, fair. Yeah. That's fair. What are what are some other things? Uh, I don't just things in general that people love to do that they're not necessarily bad things, but that they have to carve out time to do them. TV shows. TV yeah. shows. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, like uh, people stream. A lot of shows. Yeah, okay. that's and, true. And listen, I'm not saying thumbs down on shows, but I mean, how many times have you been like, just one more? And then like the the the, the clock ticks down 10, 9, 8, and you're like, oh, I couldn't find the remote time and the new show started, so I had to watch it. Like, have you ever done that? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, so I think there's a part of us that we let things sort of creep into our time, so why not be intentional about putting your time towards the most valuable yeah. thing? Yeah. What, when you when you let things creep into your time, it all uh, it all comes together. So it's not like oh hey I watched a show. Let's say let's say Sunday morning. Right. Let's say I'm serving Sunday morning. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to be here at seven thirty, right, or something like yeah. that. Uh, let's say I decide to watch a show on Saturday night right. at like nine, and then I did the countdown, watched another <laughs> one, and the next thing you know it's twelve thirty. I watched four shows. Right, mm-hmm. that bleeds in. This is kind of basic, right? It's kind of silly to even talk about it, but it, it does. I think we kind of isolate these things. Say, oh, it's just a show. Right. No, it bleeds into Everything. your investment yeah. the next day, right? You wake mm-hmm. up, you're groggy, you wake up, you don't want to be there, and you kind of are now looking at servant, uh, servanthood or serving at a church is almost like this sacrifice, and you're now not in the right headspace or right. you're tired. You're not tired because of the serving. Right. You're tired because of what you chose to do the night before yeah. or you, how you chose to invest your time before 
um, coming to the church and and giving of your time sacrificially. In that vein, talk to me about burnout because a, a lot of people say like, listen, I served at the last church or served at this church and I just can't serve anymore because I'm burnout. What, what do you think that's usually due to? Yeah, I don't, I think uh, service should be uh, uh, life-giving, right. not life-taking. I don't think there's anything about uh, giving of your time and coming and engaging with God's people that should be uh, should be life-taking. Right. Uh, of you. I think everything else that you have in your life uh, it tends to cause the burnout. I, I think that, that coming to church should recharge you, not suck the life out of you. Right. If it is sucking the life out of you, then you, then you, re- you really need to kind of take a look at maybe your relationship with Christ, how you view the church, how you, like, like how you view servanthood, uh, is, is serving a value of yours, mm-hmm. all those types of things. Um, but when it comes to burnout, I would I would look at everything else before right. you look at the church. Talk to that, because I think what, what happens is a lot of times people say, listen, I have got a lot of stuff going on. I have, on Monday, I have X, Y, Z. On Tuesday, I have X, Y, Z. On Wednesday, I have my community group. And on Thursday, I have another thing. And on Friday, I mean, like, pastor, what do you want me to do? I'm giving all my time to everything. I mean, and I'm fried. I, I like, and so what do you say to that person? Cause I think that's usually like, the, and they would say like Sunday's my time, you know, like, and I'm, and I appreciate the need for Sabbath. I, I just feel like it, you're, you're putting a value on stuff that maybe the culture has forced you into as opposed to being your actual value. Yeah. Yeah, I think someone, if someone said, Hey, I'm burnt out, and I've been there before, mm-hmm. I think when I was, uh, when we moved into this building mm-hmm. uh, where we're at currently, uh, I would, there was a month. I sat down with Megan. I said, Hey, we have a month to move in. Uh, and it's like, it was like December or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, I got a month. The, everything's a mess. We got to paint the whole place and we got to hang screens. Uh, I'm going to need to just not have any expectations here at home. Right for a month. Can we agree to that? And she said, yeah, it was really weird. Uh, but I was like, well, okay. She was on board. Like, you know, but you know, 15 days into that month, I was always here. I was here until like one o'clock in the mm-hmm, morning mm-hmm. and I was starting to experience just burnout right. of, of trying to get this place ready. And I was completely casting aside my family and right. do, doing any responsibilities there so that I could focus on this. And it caused just, just burnout for me. So I had my values all me- messed up. Right. Um, I think, the first thing I would say to someone that has burnout is like, Hey, what are your values? Right. Like, like what, what are, what are the things that God has called you to? And what do you feel like God, how God's leading your life? You need to start there and then budget your time around your values. Mm-hmm. I think we, we, we tend to do, we budget our time around the things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times those wants aren't, um, focused on, on our values. or things. Let, let's talk about values to. for a second. So I'm an, I'm a, I'm a person like, I'm like, gosh, Grayson, I'm burnout. Talk to me how you'd help me assess my values. I'd ask you. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, what are the things that you that you live by? Yeah. Like, what do you um, What do you feel God calls you to in life?" Mm-hmm. Um, I'd ask you questions, and you'd have to. My hope is that you would be able to process through that with me. I know for for me, um, like servanthood is a value of mine. Right. It's not. You could say, "Oh, you've been on. You, you get paid all the time for ten years. You've been at the church, and so you've always been paid." I came to Wells Branch for a job. Right. Uh, and I've never been at Wells Branch without receiving money. Right. So I, I get that. But servanthood started for me, I mean, when I was like 13. Right. I mean, I was, I was, I was, grew up in the church, started leading worship at the church. I was at the church Sunday morning for both services. And then I would stay at the church until 6 p.m., which was youth, where I led worship for the youth group. And so I'd, I'd practice at 4 p.m., you know, uh, and then we'd start, we'd start the, the youth ministry stuff. And so, servanthood to me was something that was in, ingrained in me, mm-hmm. but it was also uh, life-giving for me. It's where my family was, where I felt God calling me to. And so that's a, a value of mine. So I base 
I budget my time around, hey, what does it look like for me to serve? And then I kind of do things around that. Yeah. So what do you think is conflicting with servanthood? And because I, I think that we are going to have, and, and this is, I love Grayson speaking of this, but I'd love all of us to speak of this. Like, what do you think conflicts with the value of servanthood? What, what would that be? I think some of it is wanting to be served, kind of like you were talking about on Sunday mm. um, with the Google reviews. You show up <laughs> thinking, I'm here for good service. Right. Um, and we do put on a pretty good service. So um, that's great. That's awesome. Um, and I think part of it is that burnout and just wanting to, like, I need some me time. So is I that a comfort rest. thing? I, th- I, think, I think so. Is that a, I value my comfort. I think so. Maybe, maybe, is that, do you think? But where are you getting your comfort from? Well, like where, where do you find your rest? Yeah. Like, Mm. I think that this is going back to the burnout thing, but I think like a lot of people feel burnout because they're getting, they're, they're like resting in binge watching TV shows or social media when really your rest comes from the Lord and being in God's word. And I'm saying that from personal experience because (laughs) recently had this problem and uh, Chris, you told me like the reason you feel this way is because you're not spending time with Jesus. And I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> oh, Chris, you're right. And I was, I mean, I was that person. I was doing things like every night mm-hmm. um, and, and working here. And I was at church for like half the day on Sunday. And I was like, what the heck is going on? My life is falling apart. And it's because I wasn't resting in Jesus. I wasn't spending time with him. And I think when we, uh, you know, we try to pick the things that we, th- we think that we want, the like mm-hmm. fun things, mm-hmm. you know, like I know lots of young adults will prioritize. They'll go to a concert really right. late on Saturday and like, Ooh, I went to that concert. I can't get up late early on Sunday to serve, you right. know? And it's just like, guys. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's good. So, <laughs> and I think what Grayson does a really good job is help people identify what they actually value and how it actually yeah, conflicts yeah. what they really do value. Grayson, how do you do that with people? And I'm just thinking from a discipleship standpoint, like, so a group's meeting together and they're like, all right, guys, talk to me about where you're serving. And everyone's like, ah, I just, you know, that's, oof. I think you got to help people be like real with themselves. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think all of us tend tend to like to say that we have certain values in our life, but we really don't. Right. Um, and you, you, you really start with looking at your time. Right. It, for me, like you, you look at where you're investing. Uh, and oftentimes if it, if it doesn't, that's what you value. So right. If it doesn't line up with the things that you say you value, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like then that's not what you value. Right. So it's, it's kind of really easy to see what someone values. You know, you talk about this with money, right? You right. Know, where your, where your money goes, your heart is, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's the same thing like with your time. If, if you, if you, if you're not prioritizing church, like the example you said, go to the concert. Uh, if you go to concert Saturday night, and essentially what you're saying is, Hey, I value the concert over, over like serving the church. Right. Yeah. And, um, and for you to say, no, I didn't value the concert would be weird. Right. Because you made the choice to go to the concert and then it affected your, your ability to serve, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, I think looking at your time, looking at your calendar, pretty basic things like that, uh, and then encouraging someone to be real and honest, and then helping them kind of say, hey, no, hey, actually, you know, this is what you're doing. Mm. Um, so for you to say that, hey, I, I value this other thing, you're not making any time for that. So mm-hmm. it's not something you could value. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do, you, how do you get it to the point to where you value it? Uh, you have to actually actually spend time 
doing it. Right. right? Uh, yeah. We just had Liz Mitchell, a surprised super guest. Uh, she is um, going to be our deacon of care. And I'm so grateful that you're here. And uh, can you talk to me about, and you have to get really close to that mic because it's like you have to make out with the mic to, for everyone to hear you. <laughs> but <clears throat> talk to me about how you've been serving in a really high capacity for a long time, not getting paid as a deacon of, of our church. And you've faced the, the burden of caring for people who are needy and don't necessarily thank you properly. Uh, and, you've, and you've served without getting burnt out. So talk to me about how you, as an unpaid volunteer deacon of our church, how have you and, and why have you given so much of your time uh, to serve the Lord in that way? Um, I would say that... Even closer to the mic. Even closer. Yes. Is this better? That's probably better. Um, well, first, you have to have a joy for it. And if you are not setting boundaries... Um, sometimes that can be skewed. What do you mean by boundaries? Um, knowing when to say no, because you do need to set time for yourself to be spiritually fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not doing that because you're serving so much, then you're not filling yourself back up. Right. Um, which then- I, I think you're bringing up a great point because I think yeah. there's some people that serve- they're, they're filling an idolatrous heart of approval or of like, I need people to, you know, give me the praise. See me, see, see me, me, see me. Yeah. But then on the flip side, there's a, the people that have the idolatry of comfort and they don't want to serve at all. And so how do you, so I think you're speaking to those that are like overindulgent in needing to be seen to be, to, to serve. Mm, yes. So how do you speak to those that- No, no, I like, so you're talking oh, about boundaries. Keep going on this boundaries okay. idea. Um, <clears throat> well, if you're not, if you're not spilling, Fulfilling yourself. If you're not filling yourself back up with the spirit and all you're doing is giving, 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 mm-hmm. um, at a point you run out of the giving and right. then it becomes an obligation. Right. Um, and then that can turn into uh, anger or right. resentment. And or, why? Oh, I have to do this because you're not filling yourself back up. You're not resting in the Lord. And you're so what happens? What, what, have you seen people like, so they're, they're burnt out and what's their usual vent for that? Because what we're wanting is there to vent to the Lord and say, hey, Lord, I, I'm spending time with you. And for, for them to kind of feel, you know, good, good, well done, my good and faithful servant. But it probably goes a lot of times horizontal and uh, a sense of pride comes out, a sense of pride comes out. And it's like, look what all I've done around here. And nobody cares. Right. Well, yes, it pride mm-hmm. is a big one. Um, having pride in what you do is one thing, but right. having pride because you desire to have that um, be seen part of the issue mm-hmm. um, can turn very sinful. Right. Um, and it can turn into resentment towards others. Yeah. Because maybe they see others enjoying serving, serving, and mm-hmm. they're not serving mm-hmm. in a joyful way. Um, it, it can bring out emotions towards others, where it becomes competitive. Oh, I'm going to do more and more and more because I see this other person doing more and right. more. Um, so it can really lead down a very sin- sinful path. Yeah. Um, just and 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 that within your community can cause issues. All right, Grayson, with talk each other. To, no, that's huge. So let's talk about sometimes that people are serving outside their gifting and that's great for a season because you're, you're doing what God's called you to do to serve the church. But Grayson, um, talk to us, 
twofold. One of just serving to kind of get in the game, but then also finding where God's calling. I think you mentioned that before of like, um, you know, finding where you're called. Uh, so talk to me about the, the two, two prongs of like, I know I'm supposed to serve, but how do I serve within the way that God's gifted me? Yeah, I think uh, when you first come to a church, it's it's really great to get plugged in somewhere, mm-hmm. and so you have a community. Uh, a lot, of, an easy way to do that is to serve, mm-hmm. is to find a ministry that 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 you enjoy, uh, that you can get involved in, or just a ministry that needs help. Um, that's that's a really good thing to do, just like right off the bat. Find yes. find the need. Find hey, the need listen, I'll plug the dike here, you know, and, yeah. and 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 jump in there. And uh, ideally, if, if that's something that you enjoy, like like you enjoy kids, children's ministry, or if, if you know, hey, connections, welcome team. If you guys, you know, email me, uh, would love your help with welcome Shameless team. Shameless plug and, number two. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, if you're here, you know, got to use it. Uh, but anyways, like if you find a spot that, that you kind of click with and connect with, I would say jump in. Right. Um, but then when you start asking the question, like, what is God calling me to? I think a lot of time in, in scripture, you see a lot of different stories where God calls people to do a lot of different things that they don't enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, that they don't want to do. I mean, Jesus didn't want to die on the cross. Uh, <laughs> you know, a bunch of, a bunch of people just didn't want to do things, right? right. Uh, but they, they were obedient to God's calling. And so uh, I, think, I think the obedience to God's calling is really important, uh, even if it's in a, serving in a ministry or serving the church in a way that you don't want to. Like for me, I didn't want to clean the toilet. Right. I obeyed to clean the toilet. Right. I don't know if you hear for that story, but uh, <laughs> might have to re- review it so she hears it. But no. <laughs> uh, I think when you're when you're operating in God's calling, there's no better place to be. Yeah. Um. And so so really, it's not really just what I want to do within the church. Um. It's it's what does the church need of mm. me, mm. and then when what is God point. calling me to? And honestly, in my life, God's called me to a lot of things that that are difficult and hard. Uh, and things to step out into that are risky. Yeah. Um, and when I when I look at my life, I go, man. Sometimes I struggle with 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 the with the calling that I'm in only because I don't want I want other things. Right. right? Yeah. I want to do things that are more fun, or I want to do things that are not as hard, or I want to do things that get me more money, or like there there are different things in my life that like man, I wish God called me to like a million dollars. That'd be awesome. But for some reason, He hasn't called me that, and it's probably because. I have this desire for that, right? So, uh, but no, I think I think operating, especially in church, in in God's where God's calling you, yeah. uh, is 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 kind of the pro play, uh, not just what you want to do. So, uh, there, there's some, one of the things that we try to emphasize here uh, at our church is worship one, serve one. I think sometimes people have asked me, Chris, why do we have two services? I mean, wouldn't it be way easier and it'd be really cool just to fill the place up, and that way you have two or you have one service, and everyone would get to know each other. And I said, the problem with that, here's the problem with that, is that you don't allow people to worship because there's got to be somebody uh, who's serving in children's ministry. All right, so if, and if we're going to heighten the level of serving our children, we should have two services. And so that's what the idea is. Like, I want everyone to worship one and serve one. And I think that becomes a powerful understanding of that there should be a sense of, Mary, Mary and Martha, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. I'm here to learn. And Jesus, but that doesn't neglect or negate Martha. We need somebody's got to, you know, go clean the toilet. Somebody's got to, uh, you know, if we're going to be a hospitable environment for lost people or people who are far from God, they come here and they don't know Jesus from a hole in the wall. And they're so loved and served because Jesus said that he didn't come to, 
be served, but to serve. And they see the church emulate that. They're like, wow, I want that. And it allows them to jump in as Christians go, this is what we do. And so <clears throat> what I think is challenging, and, I, and this is not like a thumbs down on vacations, but you brought this up at some point, Grace, and I thought it was just really profound uh, a while ago, um, that when people like take vacation or people leave, uh, usually they're going to leave on a weekend, right? Like that's, that's sort of, because what's priority is work. And then what yeah. Grayson said once, and I don't, and I'm not sure if you still hold it. I don't, I won't pin you down on it, but you said, sure. don't go out of town on the weekends. Shouldn't the, the most, the biggest priority be to serve God and his church and the gathering, especially when I, there are people and they would think they come here every week, but there's a, you know, a mother-in-law has a thing and they're going to go to that, or there's a vacation trip that came up. And so they're there. And so they make it to church 12 times a year. Uh, but but there's a lot of things that happen on Sundays on a day of that designed for us corporate worship. So speak to one time you said, why don't you not go out of town on a weekend? And then yeah. I guess what you're saying is go out of town during the week. And yeah, I mean, it goes back to being realistic with what you value. Right. So if you value Sunday morning worship, if you value serving, if you value uh, supporting your church in that way, well, then you're going to prioritize your time around that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like you're not going to schedule vacations or do things uh, that takes you away from that. Now, I, I'm not saying that you should never do that. Right, you know, right, right. I Everybody is different. Follow God's calling in your life. Exactly. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Like it's not a blanket statement. But I am saying if you are finding yourself gone a lot on Sundays and scheduling all your vacations on the weekends to where you're not corporately worshiping together, well, then you need to assess whether or not you really value Sunday and corporate worship and serving. So like that's that's just something you have to be real with. And then to, if you're like, man, I do value that. I want to, I want to, I want to show with my actions that I value that more. Well, then a way to do that is say, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to sacrifice my, my, my vacation time, right? The time that I've accrued for this purpose. Right. And I'm going to take my vacation Wednesday through Friday. Cause I feel like a lot of people, and, and just to be honest, I feel like a lot of people don't actually spend all, or use all their vacation time. I think a no, lot of don't. it just goes unused. No. And so why not use it? And, and let's just say, who are you going to cheat? Am I going to cheat my work that I'm going to eventually retire from, quit the job, not be there for the rest of my life? Or am I going to cheat the church that is uh, the ambassadorial, like, representation of the kingdom of God on earth. It's just sort of a wild perspective that I don't think anybody has ever really given any thought to because yeah. who thinks like that? That's so countercultural. And so I'm just going to like, Liz, you know, as a volunteer, as a person that's here, not because you're getting paid, but as a person that just loves the kingdom of God and you understand ambassadorial uh, representation of Jesus. Like talk to me when, when, when we bring up that idea of, like cheat your work, not the church. Like, what is that? What is that? Does that bring, is that, there's any resistance that that brings up in you? No, not for me. Um, I do work for the state. So having time <laughs> off um, is easy for me. So I could see how others who are hourly right. uh, struggle with that. Right. Um, but for, for me, I use by paid time off for all kinds of stuff. Like sure. the women's retreat, I took a half day off and uh, we loaded up stuff and we took it and helped set up. Um, I'm, I'm working today, but I'm here. Right. Um, and I always pray to God every morning, you know, give me the time, give me, show me where I can fit in ministry while I'm working. Wow, and he powerful. always shows me, he always gives me that break. He gives me that lunchtime. And um, I, I think I find 
comfort in that, mm. in knowing that I do have the PTO that I can lean on, but I also have God showing me where I can use that time for ministry. So, I, so there is, I think, sometimes the legitimate excuse is that it's very difficult if you are a parent of small children's to worship one, serve one on a Sunday. So what are some ways that you could be involved in the the lifeblood of the church? And you can all listen, I, cause I get it. I've got four small children. And uh, one of the ways that my in-law or rather my mother-in-law serves the church is she takes three of my kids home and uh, for second service so that the children's ministry doesn't have to deal with my kids who are sick of they don't want to do the same thing twice, which they should because they should love Jesus. Uh, but uh, they're not there yet at three, uh, five, and seven. Right. <clears throat> Although my my oldest child, he does do both services. But the talk to me about what are some ways at our church specifically that you could be involved in serving if you can worship one on Sunday and your serve one is throughout the week. Um, I can give a really good example, children's ministry. And this is something, just being a volunteer in children's ministry, if you have children, you could come alongside your children mm-hmm. and serve with them in their yeah. class for the second. Okay, beautiful, service. beautiful. Like, so you could still allow them to have um, whatever service you're worshiping in, mm-hmm. they're worshiping in, mm-hmm. and then show them what serving looks like nice. by serving with yeah. them um, would be my biggest suggestion. I think the Bowers um, do that as a family they really do. well. It's they really do. exciting to watch yeah. And, uh, and it's great to see that family connection in a ministry that is in need. Right. So that that's one thing. Let's just take single moms, point. for example, though. Those, oh, that's yeah. usually a, a difficult spot and they've got kids and it's, it's, you know, sure. they're wrestling like, and <clears throat> for them to kind of put their kids through two services when, you know, they're, that's, they've been in childcare all week anyway. Like talk to me about, um, any way that they can, is there a way they can be involved with the the care ministry? Uh, I know that we have a letter writing team. Uh, we have an evangelism team. There is a, an event setup team. We always need things throughout the week. And so it's, it's not like that, but I'd love for you to speak about, that's my, this is your plug for care, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, care ministry is very much an as needed mm-hmm. um, kind of ministry. And, our mom care is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you are a single mom and you want to help out by connecting with other moms, even though they may not be single, this would be a good opportunity just for you to reach out and say, hey, um, I'm here for you. Or, hey, um, you had a baby last month. What can I help you with? Could I uh, maybe watch your other kids? Oh, wow. um, And have like a kid's play date or something. Yeah. Um, So that's one way that single moms could... um, come into that ministry. Yeah. And even like one of the other ways I just think about families, like you're like, listen, putting my kids through, through two services is just too much. Like having either the mom or dad stay home with the kids and they bring all the kids to second service or, you know, they take them home after first service. That That's a big way to serve. And that allows one of the parents to, to be here on campus serving while the other one is doing the parenting. And so that's a way to split the roles. If, if you are a family of five and, and you're like, how am I going to be able to function with this? It's a, it's a really big opportunity mm-hmm. as, yeah. as parents. It's, it's huge for your kids to see that your kids feeling the, the, the frustration, the pain, the sacrifice as well as yeah. huge for them. Talk, talk about that. What so do you like mean? when your kids get frustrated, uh, because maybe they don't, don't want to do something. Oh, right? they don't want to go to two services. Or they want to go to two services or uh, maybe you bring them in service for one right. <clears throat> or another. Like you have the opportunity to 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 pastor them, to lead yes. them, to parent them, of telling them the why we're doing what right. we're doing. Not just 
uh, you know, grabbing them on Sunday morning, throwing them wherever you're going to throw them, doing your thing, and then going home right. and never addressing it. It's it's an opportunity for you to 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 lead your your kids and your family, and that sacrifice it affects everybody, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't. It's not like oh, I'm serving on Sunday morning, and hey, uh, husband, take the kids. No, they're they're sacrificing as well, so that you can do what you feel God's calling you to do, and then vice yeah. versa, right? So it's I think it's it's a really big opportunity. I know that I take Jack or yeah. Nora or yeah. my kids with me on Sunday morning sometimes and they follow me around and help me set up mm-hmm. and do different things. And that's huge. And I think that's huge for them. And they love it. It's like a, it's like a one-on-one Well, Jack's the best greeter we got. That's for sure. Yeah, oh, I was going to say connections really is great. a really hey, good way Connections, <laughs> you could bring your family and you can greet together yeah. and you yeah. serve all at one yeah. and then you can drop them off at children's ministry just to yeah. contact cool. me if you're interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug number three. Yeah. No, I think the McCowns do this really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they have six kids. Six kids. Six kids. And, um, you know, I, they, they trade off. So like one week Chelsea will serve and Jace will bring the kids Mm -hmm. to church. And then the next week Jace will serve and Chelsea will bring the kids to church. Mm. And so both parents are serving, but they're like alternating. Mm. I mean, they do it with six. That's amazing. Yeah. And and I, and I feel like that's important for people to sort of hear and see is that if you think about the discipleship again, again, in our, in our culture, we, we outsource just about everything. So we outsource our kids to school or we outsource our kids to daycare. We outsource our kids to a lot of things. And so, and I'm not, listen, you got to do what God's called you to do in your environment. There's no, there's no judgment there. But the reality is now you have an opportunity to disciple your, your child through the really difficult thing of serving and worshiping and really understanding that we're here and we do both. We worship one, we serve one. And so whether that you worship one on Sunday and you serve one throughout the week or you serve on that Sunday, there's opportunities to do that. And here's the thing I want to just challenge you. Disciple makers, and, and really this is my challenge to you, it's hard to, to sort of, I see in you, the conversation, I see in you the ability to do more than you are doing, or I see in you uh, this thing of your, you have an idolatrous heart of either comfort or idolatrous heart of approval. And so you're either over-serving or under-serving due to those two, um, the spectrum of idolatry that we sort of go to. And so I think as a disciple maker, it's, it's really important for you to challenge people to really take that next step in their spiritual journey and to uh, step up and to worship one, serve one. Because some people, and, and I've seen this, will just serve one. They'll, they'll come, they'll serve in children's ministry, they'll go home. And I would rather you come to worship because that's priority. So yeah. if, there, if, you, if you're wondering what's the priority, the priority is worship, then serving. Mm-hmm. And so if you can kind of wrap your head around that, let me, I want you to value worship, corporate worship, and then I want you to value serving. If, you, if it comes to which one am I going to do because of whatever the situation is, I want you to worship. But understand that there is a, just a, the, the, what God is calling us to is to challenge one another, to spur one another on to worship one and serve one and just being a part of the lifeblood of the church. All right. Any other thoughts on, on being a servant of Jesus and connected to his church? Do your job. To your job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the point. To the it's point. It's so life giving too. Like, yeah. and if you're if you're new, and you want a way to meet people and get connected, yeah. like serving is really yeah the best way to do that. And and, and listen, I, I think it's it's just the a perfect invitation 
to do what Jesus said. If you want, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. So come with that mindset as opposed to I'm coming to critique the music and how loud it is and how funny the preacher is as I'm coming to be a part of the kingdom of God expansion. I'm here at the embassy uh, to represent God's kingdom and I want the world to know about the Savior. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would also say to add in on that is that you may be an answered prayer or you may be a blessing to others who are Mm -hmm. coming. So just being able to... um, you know, rest in that yeah. and and know that we're here together united as a congregation or as brothers and sisters in Christ and we're called to love each other and right. that's one way we can love each other. Yeah. yeah. Cody, any, any thoughts from the producer gallery over there? No, we're all good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, listen, um, thanks for checking us out. Uh, This is Pastor Plex Podcast. If you have any questions about service or if you're trying to figure out how you can get plugged into our church, uh, info at wellsbranchchurch.com or just text us at 737-231-0605. We'll leave uh, that information in the show notes. Uh, But man, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching and have an awesome week of worship. We'll see you next time.